This is Jones Financial Talk with Nick Jones from Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. Nick provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Jones Financial Talk with your host, Nick Jones. Well, hello and welcome back to Jones Financial Talk. This is Nick Jones from Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. Listeners, if you'd like more information about what you hear on this great show today, you can do that in a couple of different ways. One of those is just to go to our website at jonesfinancialtalk.com. Um, and lots of great information on there that we like to share with you on the radio page. Tony and I put all of our past shows on there. You can subscribe to those past shows or new shows on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And lots of other great resources on there that uh, lots of our listeners take a look at. So please, I'd like to encourage you to do that. Now, today, we're going to talk about the changing landscape of healthcare. Okay. And like many other industries, technology is rapidly reshaping healthcare. Um, Hospital at home programs are growing in popularity because they provide some people with the chance to receive certain types of care at home. And, you know, this is an environment where a lot of people are going to feel safer and more comfortable. And so hospital at home programs may also help medical facilities kind of relieve those overcrowding issues that we've had and, you know, free up some beds and rooms for people that are maybe in more need of immediate care. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're also going to talk about long-term care towards the end of the show. Um, And I'm going to bring in my co-host, Mr. Tony Short, help us with those topics. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll do what I can. I don't know how much help I'm going to be today, Nick. I usually I'm just along for the ride. You're the man with the plan. But thank you once again for having me on the show. Awesome to be here. And yeah, there's so much going on with healthcare. Obviously, we all know about healthcare costs uh, going up considerably, right? We we could spend an entire show on healthcare costs yeah. and um, the different the different things that you can and can't do uh, while you're retired or getting ready to retire to try to to try to put yourself in a better situation. Yeah. Maybe we cover some of those topics today if you ask me some questions, Tony, as well. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, that's a concern that many people have. And don't get me started on uh, health insurance, uh, health care insurance. It's uh, I get so frustrated because, um, you know, I know that uh, I know that employers are covering a lot for their employees. They get pitch in. And it's still expensive, and the healthcare companies say, "Well, you guys cost us too much. We're raising your rates ten percent or twenty percent." But then I look up that healthcare company, Nick, and if you look on the Google search, you can say, "How much? Uh, what profits did X company make <laughs> last year?" Right? That's exactly right. And yep. it's usually net surplus in the billions. So I'm yep. like, oh, but they raised my healthcare 20%. Yeah. 18% increase yeah. this year that I saw in our group plan. And isn't that it is crazy? Frustrating. It, that's frustrating. Yeah. And so, but, but I mean, it's not just the health insurance companies and, and, and I'm not just putting all the onerous on them. It is a problem. So, uh, all the way across the board, healthcare, Costs are expensive. The way the billing works, I just wish somebody could figure it out. But uh, I don't think anybody has an answer at this point in time. Do you? No, no, they don't. And you know, at least you know, um, healthcare companies 
are starting to come up with and develop programs like we're going to talk about today that are hopefully more beneficial to uh, to patients, right? Yes. I mean, if, yes. if you, if you're going to continue to increase costs, you should increase technology. You should increase programs like the one we're going to discuss a little bit today. Um, you know, because there can be great benefits if new innovation happens in this space. And clearly every single person that's listening to this show is eventually going to need some kind of medical care. Yes. So it's something they have to think about, you know, um, but maybe I'll just jump right in, Tony, yeah, you know, right, some of the, jump some right of the potential in. benefits here yeah. for, for in home care. So, you know, hospital at home is a very specific designation for patients who require uh, hospital level services, but are also viewed as stable enough to receive the care in their actual home. Oh. And in some cases, these patients, you know, went to an emergency room on their own or after some time in the hospital, they're eligible to return home and continue receiving care. And, you know, for many of these people, care can last days and weeks or even longer. And so, depending on the necessary treatment, you know, um, we want to give people the opportunity to be able to heal at home. And so that's kind of the general premise behind this idea. That's interesting. And I, I, I heard the term hospital at home, uh, once I saw an article, but I didn't know what it was talking about. So I'm glad you're bringing this up today, Nick. Um, and it is interesting. Uh, I know that uh, hospital stays, they've gotten less and less, shorter and shorter. I mean, my son had uh, appendicitis and he had his appendix removed and he was in the hospital for a few hours and he was at home walking around that night. Um, Isn't that they amazing? just told him to kind of <laughs> take it easy. Uh, but that in the past, and even the doctor was saying in the past, you would have been in the hospital two days, you know, a couple of days. Right. So, so things are changing, but if they can do certain procedures at home instead of having to stay overnight in a hospital, maybe they send a, a you know a nurse practitioner or a PA or something out to your house to take care of you there um, and check on you. Uh, I think that's great. I think a lot of people would prefer to you know stay in their own home, right? Oh, definitely. And you know that that's what it's kind of coming down to, right? It's it's about patient comfort and, you know, obviously with good reason. Uh, some people ask, is it about cost? Because is it more cost effective yes. to have those plans? But, you know, the, the truth is if we can provide, um, you know, better better comfort for you when you're sick, then that's something that you should, you know, want. And, uh, you know, for years, Tony, health advocates have, you know, um, talked about how hospitals just aren't the safest place for older patients who sometimes become confused or upset about their surroundings. Um, and other people point to the frequency of all the hospital acquired infections, you know, that, that, that take place in that type of an environment and also how, um, you know, less productive sleep can be when you're in, in your own, you know, when you're not in your own situation at home. And so lots of different research and health benefits kind of would outline that this would be a great reason, uh, something for us to consider and for the health health, uh, you know, insurance companies to really start thinking about. Um, and so I, it's it's definitely in its infancy, um, but, you know, there's going to be some good adoption to these hospital at home programs, uh, d- depending on where you live in the United States uh, that we'll get into a little bit further. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's interesting. And I know that they're trying to come up with ways to meet people's needs better and make people more comfortable. And I think the concept of this um, hospital at home movement holds a lot of appeal. I think 
people like myself uh, would prefer to receive treatment, recover in the comfort of their own home. So it'll be interesting to see the data that's going to be emerging in the next few years on this. Well, definitely. I mean, like I mentioned, I think most people would be, um, you know, definitely willing to consider having some of their medical treatment right from their own home, right? In their own comfort and area. But I want to be clear that no matter how widely adopted this is, there's clearly going to be some limitations that people can imagine. I mean, ICU care and surgery, for example, are just two services that will never probably be in your home. And, um, you know, when it comes to hospital at home programs becoming more common, you know, uh, one potentially significant hurdle is the ongoing labor shortage, obviously, in the healthcare industry. And so that's something that definitely um, is going to have to be figured out before this is more widespread. Yeah, it is. I mean, obviously, there are some things uh, that need to happen. And I know we're going to dig into a few of these things. I mean, um, again, it's appealing, but I would imagine that hospital at home programs might be challenging in rural areas. I think of my own parents, Nick, they live, um, you know, four miles outside of a small town. They don't have a lot of internet and it may require uh, hospital staff to do a lot of driving throughout the day. So that might be a challenge. Well, definitely. Yeah. Those at home programs that are outside of urban and suburban areas are going to definitely be challenged. And, you know, um, that will obviously stem from staffing issues. Um, but also, you know, in some of those rural areas, Tony, you know, there's still a, a pretty large lack of reliable, you know, broadband services uh, to provide the healthcare workers and the hospital at home patients with things that they need. You know, if you don't have adequate broadband or Wi-Fi, it's difficult to diagnose and be able to update client records and things of that nature. So lots of things that need to be considered depending on where you live, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would say uh, different areas, it might be uh, present different challenges obviously. But um, so do you think that uh, this hospital at home program uh, started popping up because of COVID-19 shutdowns when so many people were utilizing telehealth appointments with their doctors? I I see more and more people doing those now. Definitely. Uh, Actually, many of my clients that are in the medical profession are are doing those telehealth appointments. And you are correct. I think, you know, um, many people who before the pandemic wouldn't have considered using telehealth or were forced to do so during the shutdowns, you know, and I think many of them discovered that they kind of liked it, uh, less driving, less waiting, uh, less stress. And, and so it's, it's worked out well. And in, in our group plan, for instance, that's definitely an option. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of nice to have that as an option that you can just pick up the phone and, and call into the healthcare insurance company and, and talk with somebody on a, on a very quick basis to have them maybe help, figure out what's going on rather than waiting in line. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that makes sense. And I think, you know, obviously, um, I've been using my family and I use, um, telehealth. Uh, I've had virtual appointments with my doctors and, and even since COVID has kind of, you know, settled down and we can go back in to see doctors in person. Um, I've done some appointments with my doctor virtually because it saves time. I mean, yeah. Bottom line, it can save time and money. The interesting thing is, you know, way before COVID even hit, this was something that lots of healthcare professionals were talking about. Um, you know, if you if you look at different schools, uh, you know, uh, university schools of medicine like John Hopkins, you know, they predicted that, you know, in the future, hospitals will only provide emergency rooms, intensive care units and operating rooms. And they've right. been talking about that since the mid 2000s, 2005, 2006. And so it's here. 
it's going to happen eventually. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, let's take a moment right now, Nick, to let our listeners know how they can get a financial plan in place or a full retirement plan in place that will take into consideration healthcare costs. Sure thing. And we do talk and, and utilize many different types of insurances at our firm from Medicare and, and different supplemental plans and health insurance plans. So definitely something that we'd like to talk to you about. Um, if you're interested, you can just go to our website at jonesfinancialtalk.com and request uh, reviews of your current situation or also to sit down and, and talk with one of our professionals about uh, this topic or any other that might uh, might interest you. Yeah, for sure. And I know, Nick, you bring a lot of great topics and we want to hear from our listeners on topics they want to hear. So they just need to visit jonesfinancialtalk.com, right? That's exactly oh, right. Actually, and is it jonestalkradio.com? Nope, it's jonesfinancialtalk.com. That's right. I got it right the yep. first time. Yep, you did. Jonesfinancialtalk.com. I just want to reiterate that site in case people are driving so they remember it, jonesfinancialtalk.com. And there are contact forms there. They can listen to this show, past shows, subscribe to the shows, a podcast, and a lot of other great information on your site. Definitely. And you're correct, Tony. We've had, gosh, this year since we've been asking our listeners to kind of call in or um, or get on the website and request different uh, topics, it's been fun to be able to talk about those. You know, um, this one stemmed from one of those conversations. And, and so we'll talk a little bit more about... Uh, about these th- these types of programs as well as some long-term care in a little bit. All right, sounds good. Listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more of Jones Financial Talk right after this. Retirement can be both exciting and intimidating. At Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions, we have found many people fail to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. Since deciding when to file for your benefit is so important, our firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy, call our office at 541-773-9567 or visit us at jonesfinancialtalk.com to learn more. And welcome back to Jones Financial Talk. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore. I'm here with the man, Nick Jones. Nick, we're talking about some interesting developments uh, in healthcare and looking at the future of healthcare. And there's this relatively new phenomenon or program that's starting up in a few places called Hospital at Home, where instead of an overnight stay at the hospital, you can stay at your own home. And I think it's been a really eye-opening show so far, and I'm eager to hear more about this. Yeah, well, probably one of the number one questions that listeners are going to ask is how uh, are hospital at home, you know, situations um, you, you know, looked at from a Medicare perspective, because most of our listeners probably are uh, close to the age or on the age of, of Medicare. And, you know, um, the good thing is that Medicare reimbursement for hospital at home expenses is now at the same rate as inpatient care was during the COVID-19 public health emergency. Um, and so initially, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services created a waiver that allowed hospitals to provide some acute inpatient care at the patient's home. And although the health emergency, you know, officially ended for COVID on May 11th of this year, that temporary waiver for the acute hospital care at home program has been extended through the end of 2024. And so Medicare is trying to see if this is, uh, you know, viable and if this is something that, uh, that, my, uh, that Medicare recipients will utilize. 
Wow. Okay. So, and that's interesting. And financial incentive obviously can be a powerful motivating force, can it? It, it sure can. Um, you know, currently, Tony, um, there are, uh, let's see here, um, four hospital at home programs. Um, there are 123 systems and 277 hospitals in 37 states that use, um, you know, hospital at home programs. And so, you know, the gap between the approval and the launch of these programs can take several months, but I just wanted people to know that it's definitely relevant, especially in our state here in Oregon. Providence um, Hospital System is is somebody that is utilizing these, this new idea. Wow. Um, And so, you know, even if you're on Medicare, this could be something that you should start discussing or asking your healthcare professionals about. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's neat that it, it uses uh you know that uh, we mentioned Providence is one of the main ones uh, that have launched this hospital at home program right uh, and that's local so uh, that's great and I know that uh, those you mentioned um, 277 hospitals have been approved um, for hospital at home programs but it sounds like the gap between uh, the approval and the launch uh, can take a long time. Uh, because there's a lot to work out. I mean, it's a relatively new phenomenon, isn't it? it? It is. And, you know, with anything with new technology, the process can be complex. And, you know, in this situation, it clearly requires new technology and additional staff because the hospital workers, you know, who treat on-site patients are different than those who are going to work with hospital patients at home. And so, you know, you got to be patient. Um, you know, programs like this are difficult to grow and scale Um, you know, but they start small and hopefully they take off if it's something that the general public, uh, accepts. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, I think once they work that out, it's going to be great. And I know there have been a lot of news stories out there, um, about things like this. And I think even large sophisticated healthcare systems would find launching this hospital at home program from the ground up daunting, right? Yeah, I think I think you're correct there. You know, we mentioned Providence earlier locally here, you know, and and um, there was a study done by Providence uh, just last year. They had uh, 121 hospital at home patients and, you know, less than five percent of those had to move into inpatient care with higher level services eventually. And and the interesting stat that I wanted to mention here is, you know, um, typically when you look at satisfaction surveys, um, you know, for, for Providence, for instance, 64% of hospital, uh, of in-hospital patients reported that they're pleased with their care. But for home patients, the reported satisfaction level was 100%. Every single one wow. of them had a better experience at home than in the actual hospital. So that's just a small case that happened locally. But that what that tells you is you know, people really enjoyed having that care uh, from their home rather than having to go to the hospital for it. And so there's definitely a place for it is what I'm trying to say, um, you know, and hopefully it will be accepted by by many more. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, I think that's great. And, um, you know, I know that uh, there are news stories out there about staffing shortages in the healthcare industry. In fact, my, my wife, Sarah, works in staffing healthcare. Uh, she's the director of recruitment for Cassia Care, and uh, she just tells me the horror stories, and I read articles on it all the time. It's really hard to find enough nurses and doctors and PAs. Um, so I-, I would imagine that's maybe another challenge when hospitals try to establish this hospital at home program is staffing. 
you're exactly correct. That's a, hu- a huge issue that they're going to have to figure out and, and think through um, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, an, another thing that I wanted to kind of just bring up today and start talking about towards the end of our show here, Tony, was long term care uh, and, and how that kind of works together with with Medicare and, and 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 the like, because a lot of people ask me specifically about long term care as soon as we get on this subject of health care. Um, and so maybe we can move uh, we can move into that, uh, you know, questioning or or or, uh, or thoughts and, and give you some information about those uh, here towards the end of the show. Yeah, that sounds great. I, you know, obviously, this is an interesting topic. I know that healthcare is a big one. It's on everybody's mind out there. And I bet a lot of people haven't heard about this hospital at home yet. Um, and maybe they have experienced it, some of our listeners, through the Providence system, right? Um, so that's great. Now, uh, let's remind our listeners how they can get a hold of you. I know you have Medicare specialists uh, in the office there at Jones and Associates, and you help people plan for healthcare and retirement as well, right? We sure do. Yes, we have. Uh, let's see, six different agents in our office that specifically deal with Medicare. Over six thousand wow. clients, six thousand clients in the Rogue Valley. So, reach out to us if you have any questions specifically about uh, about healthcare. You can do that at JonesFinancialTalk.com and uh, be happy to pass your name along to one of our great agents and have them help you in that situation. During the episode today, we've had an interesting conversation about the emergence of hospital at home programs, and that allows patients to receive hospital level care right in their own homes. Uh, What do you have for us next? Sure. So I'd like to transition a little bit into uh, long-term care since it's such a huge topic for what our clients and prospects ask about. And so, you know, first and foremost, people that are listening are probably thinking or are asking the question, why should you even consider long-term care insurance? And, you know, uh, we've talked about this on the show a few times before, but a recent study uh, from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services determined that about 70% of Americans who reach the age of 65 will need some type of long-term care during their retirements. That's 70%. And, wow. you know, though some of those, some of those may be able to utilize some unpaid care from family members, um, about half will need assistance that they're going to have to pay for. And about 24% will require more than two years of paid care and 15% will spend more than two years in a nursing home. So lots of statistics that are pointing towards needing more help for long-term care, Tony. Yeah, this one hits close to home for me. My mom is in long-term care. She has uh, Parkinson's. I've mentioned it on the show before, but uh, that uh, that long-term care can be so expensive, up to $12,000 a month for a memory care. I mean, you know, and you know, who, who can afford that? So uh, the costs are really outrageous, aren't they? They are. I mean, the costs tend to vary considerably, and they're often determined by how long you need services for and where you live and how comprehensive your services are. Um, basically, you know, the way that you pay for services also varies. And so traditional Medicare, just to remind our listeners, does not cover long-term care beyond some skilled care that occurs you know, immediately after you are in the hospital. Some Medicare Advantage plans from private insurers provide some type of supplemental coverage for services like meal deliveries and rides to medical appointments, but it tends to be very, very limited. Um, I will mention, since um, we definitely have veterans in our area, that uh, veterans may be able to utilize some long-term care services through, um, you know, the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs. Um, 
But Medicaid, Tony, Medicaid is the largest single funding source for long-term care. And remember, Medicaid is a joint federal and state program that covers low-income Americans. And so, you know, while income limits vary by state to state, you generally don't qualify unless you've exhausted most of your savings and all of your assets, you know, beyond your primary residence and automobiles. Other than those two, basically you have to spend down everything before you're going to get help from Medicaid. I can see how this could be overwhelming. What do you have for us next? And so, you know, um, if we want to look at what what other long-term insurance typically covers, you know, first, some policies may limit what conditions are covered. And so, for example, if you're it's not uncommon for, for care to be denied for things like alcoholism or drug addiction or war injuries. Also, really important to think through pre-existing conditions like heart disease or previous cancer diagnoses, because that, that could prevent you from getting long-term care or at least utilizing some services from your actual long-term care policies. Um, but in many cases, you're eligible for benefits once you can no longer perform uh, you know, a set of at least um, two out of the six activities of daily living or life. And, and this list includes bathing, eating, uh, dressing, using the toilet, getting out of bed and chairs, um, and becoming cogn- cognitively impaired. And so, you know, at that point, if those happen, your premiums are often waived and then you start receiving benefits. Yeah. Well, uh, and that's, that's good. The takeaway is use it or lose it, right? Yes. Yeah, so in the traditional style, that's exactly correct, which brings me to the, the last kind of point I wanted to make, you know, um, that we have today. There are definitely hybrid policies like you mentioned before, Tony, and they're very, very important to consider. Uh, the majority of long-term care policies combine coverage for long-term care with some other type of benefit. And this is often like life insurance, for instance. We've, we've talked about asset-based care or other annuity solutions on our program that include long-term care riders. And the important thing here is basically you, if you pay into the policy for a long period of time, somebody's going to get a benefit from it, whether it be a life insurance payout if you pass away and don't use the benefit or some type of income payment from an annuity. Um, so a lot of people say and just think, I don't want long-term care because if I pay for it and I never use it, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just throwing money away. But the answer to that is there's lots of other situations in the insurance world that you could utilize that would benefit you or somebody else if you never actually needed long-term care uh, in that specific situation. It's been a great show, a good discussion, but I think we're out of time or almost out of time. Is there anything else you want to add before we go? Nope. I would just uh, encourage our listeners to go to jonesfinancialtalk.com. And um, check out all the resources we have there. We're updating the website on a regular basis, and we'd love to hear from our listeners. All right. Sounds good. That does it for today's episode of Jones Financial Talk with our host, Nick Jones. Thank you for listening to Jones Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Nick Jones at Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. Call 541 773 9567 or visit their website at jonesfinancialtalk.com. 
Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions, a registered investment advisor in the state of Oregon. Insurance products and services are offered through Jones & Associates Insurance Solutions. Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions and Jones & Associates Insurance Solutions are affiliated companies. Nick Jones and Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.